services and greeting people. We just welcome you to Harvest. We welcome uh, our online, all those online that have tuned in. God bless you. Praying God's blessing over your life. <clears throat> and today that God would speak, whoo, got a little dark here. <clears throat> so just a couple things and I'll pray. I want to jump into something these next few weeks that uh, it's been on my heart. Um, we have formulated, uh, put together a men's team, and this morning was our first uh, a, a gathering, a group of guys that will serve for a year on that, and, and then the point person will be Joey Rackstad. Uh, he's been involved uh, with uh, a number of things uh, with men's ministry in the past, and a number of men here have contributed greatly uh, to ministering to men, but we bring in some shape to it, and and, and being intentional about reaching men. Can I get an amen? amen? And so that is something we're very excited about and doing more outreaches and uh, tailgate parties and cookouts, but also spiritual formation in the lives of men because that's very important and men are looking for relationships and we see that with the tool exchange. What a, uh, a great uh, uh, outreach to men that was here. So... Um, and then I have just something personally I just want to share with you. Um, how many have ever heard of numerology? Numerology has to do with numbers in the Bible. And, and I, I know some people can take that to an extreme. I'm not that guy. I just want you to know that. Try to find a balance. But there's some things that come across your path. And so today I'm just going to own this one, if that's okay. Amen. <laughs> so, so our goal and our prayer was with this new building, which is a tremendous blessing. Amen. Amen. That uh, we would be able to be close to what our lease amount was from our uh, uh, last lease space and our monthly payments would be around where that's at. Well, with interest rates, uh, the, all the chaos that was going on in the world, but interest rates were fantastic last year. <laughs> like, I think we're at like 2.8%. It's almost free money, I guess. <clears throat> and so there was all these factors and we, we locked in with that. Someone said hallelujah. <clears throat> and so tremendous wisdom with that. And uh, this is not too much information, I hope not, but uh, we were hoping to, to borrow $1.5 million and, and be less than that. And my heart was, can we be around $1.1 run around that? And uh, after it's all said and done and the money that was raised, praise be to God, it came in, so we, we locked in at $1.1. Well, our... Payment is actually $33 less than our lease payment. <laughs> now, 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 wait a minute. <clears throat> and I thought of the number 33, okay? So I'm a, he's like, oh, pastor, he's stretching today. I might be. But 33 represents God's promise of salvation. <laughs> I mean, how many know Jesus was crucified at 33? Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, uh, and then they talked about Noah after the 33rd time. He received the promise from God. Abraham's name, after the 33rd time was written, Isaac was born. Come on, somebody. So the Bible, when it says the number 33, it's used the symbol of giving a promise to somebody. Come on now. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take that one. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, God is good. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we humble ourselves before you. We recognize that in and of ourselves, Lord, we have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask right now, in this moment, that you would speak, that you would reign, that Jesus Christ would be Lord over what is spoken here, and that, Lord, you know how to challenge us, encourage us, 
deliver us, set us free, and empower us. And so I pray for that right now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. I've, been, I've been thinking about this topic here for a while, and, and I pray, I, I like to be systematic as when I share and give you points, and I'll have some of that, but I might feel a little bit jumping around, because there's certain things I just pray that through the unction of spirit, I'll speak, that you kind of get the gist of where I'm going. So, but I want to talk to you about facing fear. Fear has gripped the nation, it has gripped the world globally, but just it has gripped so many people's lives. Now, I thought about titling the message, Fear Not, but that to me, I don't like that because when someone says that, they're just full of it. Come on now, you know what I mean? Because I'm afraid of certain things. Is anybody out there? I hate heights. And Jesus, no matter if he shows up in a theophany, I still will hate heights. Come on, somebody. And so I don't, I, there's certain things I just don't like. Spiders, snakes, and all that kind of. Uh, am I speaking to anybody? So I wanted to, you know, talk and clarify between uh, uh, phobias and things that, you know, we have to face that do not, or I should say this way, that will not inhibit us from furthering the call of God in our life. I want to, that's kind of the direction of going, but I'm going to be talking about some of those and I might jump back from a phobia versus what is the fear and what should we fear? There are some things that we should fear. The Bible talks about. Uh, a 1921 book called uh, uh, The Conquest of Fear, I think it was republished in 2011, Basil King. He talks, he points out that fear causes more misery than all the sin and sickness in our lives combined. He writes, we are not sick all the time. We are not sinning all the time. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be. But most people are afraid of something or somebody all the time. Wow. Amen. Interesting. Because fear and anxiety are so pervasive. And this is why I want to touch on this in these next few weeks and bring freedom. There was a great uh, pastor and evangelist, Martin Lloyd-Jones. And he said, fear is our failure to realize what God has given us. And is giving us, in giving us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You know, a recent polling uh, in, about Americans in the United States. And, you know, you can skew pollings, you can do all that. This was actually a, a liberal CNN, okay? I'll just tell you right now. Did the polling. I don't put much faith in, in CNN. I don't think many people do. But they, they actually said... 21 to 25 percent Americans, they use this term, are scared for their future. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, I thought about that, and I don't walk around afraid. If I was afraid, we wouldn't be in this building right now. <laughs> I just don't walk around. I don't wake up every day. Oh, God. Now, there are certain things that weigh heavy on my heart when there are relationship issues and you know, uh, things like that, or you're trying to settle some things and contractual things, and they weigh heavy in my heart. And how many know they can be very fearful? They can be very fearful. Uh, but, you know, in general, at least in the times past, Americans, they're not scared of anything. They're not. You know, I think of the Ukrainians right now. They are breaking the back of the Russians, which most of those conscript soldiers are afraid to fight. They don't want to. They're puncturing their tanks to drip gas. They're shooting rounds out of the way. They, they, most of them don't want to be a part of this. Now, some of them with the brutality, it's happening. But I, I'm believing God that that is going to end soon, that war. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> but, but, you know, most Americans are not scared of anything. Uh, yes, we have fears, but we, we, we face them. 
and we conquer them. Can I get an amen? amen? But I think one of the things that out there that's out there that we have to be very conscientious about is scare tactics. <laughs> There's a lot of scare tactics that are out there, and 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 uh, uh, you know that can 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 threaten. They, we, we hear these things and they can threaten. We feel threatened and so we're afraid and so we're afraid. A big thing I hear now is watch it. I mean, we know the baby food shortage and all that, but what did they do 70 years ago without baby food? I mean, you know what I mean? Just kind of, I think about those things. Like, how did they survive without baby food? <clears throat> a little evaporated milk. Come on, somebody. Distilled water. A little bit of corn syrup. Can I get an amen? A little bit of liquid vet. All right, moving right along. But, I mean, I remember my mom, they couldn't afford milk. It was powdered milk. Yeah. Mixed, I'm like, Mom, this don't taste good. That's what you're having. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> uh, but I'm not negating it. It's a real fear in, 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 in some women in, in this country. But there's a lot of fear tactics that are out there that, and, and, and that are uh, causing people to, to, to really mess them up. And, uh, but I want to interject something about Jesus said we are to fear something. So you need to write this down, Matthew 10, 28. I call it the forgotten fear. That's right. It's, it's the forgotten fear. So what yep. do you mean, Pastor Mike? Yep. Jesus said, do not be afraid. Phobia is where we get our word, phobia in the Greek, of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Come on, somebody. But be afraid of the one. Let's say that again. Be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul and send it to hell. So I looked at that word the first time and he said, be afraid, phobia. I thought, well, maybe it's a different fear. No, it's the same word. So if you don't know Christ, you don't know the Lord, you're not securing your salvation, you need to be afraid. That's right. Because the, the yeah. after the life, the life after, yeah. when you, you, have, you feel like you have authority, you can do things, I can fix things, or I can, you know, whatever in this life. In that life, there's one more powerful than you that is the authority to cast your soul to hell if you don't. Surrender and repent and accept Christ in this life. Can I get an amen? I know that may seem a little heavy, but it's true. The Bible says, fear the one. It actually means, phobia. be afraid. All right? Be afraid. It's that same Greek word. And so those who don't know the Lord, it means dread, flee, terrify. I fear anything morbid, uncontrollable dread, fear. So what God says is, don't fear what man can do, but be afraid of what God can do in regards to your spirit, your soul, and your body. So we are, that is the forgotten fear. And there's been a lack of that fear. Because somehow we just think, God is so loving, which he is. Everybody that dies is going to heaven. That is not in my Bible. Okay, now I don't wish anyone to go to hell. Anybody. But you see, if you reject Christ, and I'm appealing. And if you renounce it, you don't surrender your life. You don't give your life over. Where else are you going to go after death? It's, it's eternity. If you have and don't want anything to do with God in your life as you walk and you want nothing to do with him in this natural life, the only option is when you die is hell. It's separation from God because you wanted that in this life. Why would you want him in the next life if you hated and could? Come on. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Amen. Jesus said, fear this one thing. You know, James 4.12, it says one, it talks about there's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Did you get that? He's able to save, but he's also able to destroy. See, this, we don't hear much about this. This doesn't get a lot of hits on YouTube or Facebook. 
these type of messages we pass on to the, you're great, you're awesome, you're good, God's got a plan for your life, and I agree with those. But we need to know this, that we are to walk our life circumspect and fear God. Not for the Christian, not to be in terror of him, but recognize there's a reverential fear. And Lord willing, if we have time, we'll get into that. Fear is a self-preservation instinct. It's designed to protect us from something that may cause us uh, real or imagined harm. But Jesus says this verse, that we are not to fear death, but we are to fear God. And so as a believer, uh, we know that we are to fear God. And we'll get into a definition of that. Second uh, Timothy 1.7, very familiar scripture for most of you. The Bible says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. Somebody shout spirit. spirit. So this fear, phobias, can turn into a spirit. Come on, somebody. <laughs> they, they can turn if you there's natural things, but it can cause you to cripple you to a point where you can't serve the things of God. You don't do the things of God because you're afraid and the enemy use it. God is not. So he said, I haven't given you this spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of power. Yes. I, come on, I give you a spirit of love and a spirit of self-control. Yes. You know, there are so many fears that are out there, phobias I'm talking about now. There is a fear of the color of purple. How can you have that in Minnesota with the Vikings? Come on. <laughs> the color of purple. <laughs> People are afraid of the color of purple. I mean, you imagine it. There's the fear of long words. I won't be, you know, that guy that has that. Uh, spiders, yes, there's fear of failure. Uh, there's so many. There's a fear of phobias. There's a fear of fears, and it's just endless. It's just endless. And I just think about it. If God did not give us a spirit of fear, then, then who or what did? And I, I think it really uh, goes back to the fall in the Garden of Eden, separation. Adam and Eve did not experience any of that. They walked with the Lord. There was no worry. There was no concern. There was no worry about if there's food. There was no worry about if things are not going to grow. There was no worry about pestilence. You know what? Something's going to get to the crops and some bull, evil, something. There was no fear until the fall. Separation from God. And so separation from God, uh, fear enters in. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with Punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Mm, I find that interesting. So, yes, fear is real. And it's usually based on a threat, either real or imagined to, to, to you in your, in your life. You know, if I've had some pretty fear-filled situations in my life, uh, uh, just in my life in, in general, and then either in just in preaching the gospel and, and traveling to, to many of these nations, which, frankly... Um, your life is in danger in some of these countries. You could be killed. You could be killed. I remember the many trips we took to Ukraine in Russia. Uh, we were held up by the Russian mafia. Um, we brought in packages and gifts, and, and uh, they held us at knife point and said, we're going to cut your throats when you're sleeping on the train if you don't pay us off. And how many of us a little fearful situation there? Okay, you know, it's like, okay. This is real. I've slept in rat-infested and flea-infested rooms and cold and hungry and hearing mice chewing through the wall, wondering when they stopped chewing, did they make it through or not? You know, have they made, I mean, did they hit rock? I mean, just, you know, just in fearful situations in, 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 in my life. I remember I had a camera stolen from me and a lot of it was my own fault when I was in Israel back in 1988. And so I'm in the I'm in the west uh, I'm in the part of the, the the Palestinian part of Israel, 
And I'm furious because I knew the guy who did, he took off. And so I went in there ranting and raging. And so all these bone crusher guys start showing up. I think, okay, this, serious, this is getting serious now. And I said, this guy, so I used the honor issue. And I, I know most of you are like, what is he talking about? And I'm like, you want these stole. So the guy gave me rugs for my camera. I'm like, how am I going to bring, so I brought back rugs for <laughs> payment. But uh, I remember being in New Orleans. Uh, I was, uh, had a, a knife pulled at me, a butterfly knife, when I was witnessing on the streets. And uh, just right there, kind of wondering, okay, this is interesting here. How am I going to respond to this situation? And just begin to pray. Some of you were part of our 2009, we went to outreach to Mexico and Progreso. And, and uh, the last day we got caught in the middle of a drug cartel shootout that actually made the Echo Press front page. Uh, two people were killed, not thank God from on our team, but within the crossfire of that, and we were pinned down for 45 minutes with shooting, and, and uh, someone actually had a, a video of that, of, of that. It was pretty chaotic for those 45 minutes and uh, at the U.S.-Mexican uh, border. And then, I mean, I just had natural fears. I think the last time I was really afraid, I know this is really probably cheesy of me, but... We had a stinking skunk in our house, and I didn't know what it was out there, so I got a trap and, uh, from Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. And this trap trapped this skunk. So now, if how do you get rid of the, come on, somebody, the skunk, without getting sprayed? Well, I had to do an invocation that night, and I'm thinking, I was sweating with fear. So I watched all these YouTube videos. I had a big towel. I wet the towel. And I, I mean, I think I had my daughter video me. I'm like, I was so afraid that thing's going to spray me and I'm going to show up at the invocation. And people are like, what's up with this guy? You stink of skunk. And I'm, I'm just going to give me a milk bath or I don't know. But so natural things and just all in life. So psychologists tell us that we're born with two fears. Number one, the fear of falling, the fear of noise. These are just natural things. Once again, heights. Heights is in there. Anything more than two stories, I don't like. But what happens is the enemy works on us and we have all these more fears that developed. And, and, in, and there's, you know, once again, dictionaries of phobias and, and hundreds of different. They had actually a, uh, uh, members of a psychology class. They asked 500 of the class, what are you afraid of? Of those 500 uh, people, they listed 7,000 fears. That's about 14 fears per person. <clears throat> you know, but for the believer, we should not, even though we are to face fear, okay, face it, we are to continue to move forward and not backwards. We should not allow our fear to cause us to say, you know what, it's dangerous over there. Well, yes, it is. But you know what? Thanks be to God that every trip, he delivered me from it. And if I wasn't delivered, I wouldn't be here. I would be with him. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But what are you missing out in your life because of fear? Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm just going to let Selah. What are you missing? Because you've allowed fear and comfort in your life. Moving right along. <clears throat> For the Christian, it may not be this way. Jesus came to deliver us from our fears. Amen. Once again, we're not talking about not having caution, not being reckless in any of that foolishness. Because if we let it, if we let certain fears, watch this, they can inhibit us from fulfilling God's purpose and design for our life. Can you say amen? It can inhibit God's design for your marriage. It can inhibit God's design for your family or your business. 
in times where you feel, you know what, I need to step out, but it's too fearful. You know what, this is dangerous. We're not talking about using caution and wisdom and all of that. And the problem with fear is when we're not controlling it, it can lead to spiritual growth delay in your life. If you allow it, instead of moving forward with faith, uh, what happens is we get, and I, I know how this is like, we get used to our comfort zone and we try to build a wall where every, nothing inconvenience, you know, we're not inconveniencing anything. How many hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what happened. That's what people that don't know God, that's what they do. Like I got to get a lot of money. I got to have my house when I retire. I'm going to have everything that just nothing inconvenience me. How many of you know life will inconvenience you? There's going to be something you're going to be challenged with. If it's not outwardly, it could be something inwardly. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same. That through death, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, he might destroy him that had the power of death, which is Satan. That is the devil. He goes unexplained. And deliver them. Somebody shout them. That's us. Watch this. That's us. Who through what? Fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm going to say that again. Us. Deliver us. Who what? Fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. One commentator says it this way. In this way, he would free those who were slaves all their lives because they were afraid of dying. Well, yes, there's the dying. There's a natural fear. And anyone says, well, I'm not afraid of death, whatever. There, there's this, you know, you could be the most devout person, but you know what? There's this, okay, I trust you, Lord. I'm born again. I know the Lord and I trust God's word. God's word is true. Amen. Amen. But people, you know, there's the only way, one way out of this world. Amen. <laughs> Didn't mean to be a heavy here this morning, but all of us are going there. So just deal with it. Amen. <laughs> Myself included. But we don't have to fear that. Like to, to, to terrorize us, all right? Because we know that the moment we have our last breath here, we're with the presence of the Lord. And reality is more real there. And we would just think, dear God, why did we want to hold on to this place so long? Woo, you know? There's no shortage of baby formula up there. Amen? Come on. There's no taxes or craziness going on. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm getting off track here. So, so uh, it says, who through fear of death, and once again, not just phys- physical death, but I believe there's a spiritual nugget here, and I've shared this before, but death to yourself in this life. Come on. Through fear of death. I don't want to lay my life down for that. I don't want it. That's too, you know, that inconvenienced me. You know, when my time's valuable, you know, who through fear of death, all yourself... I believe there's a component of spiritual growth delay that can happen in our life if we allow these things to control our life. And God wants us to break free. And so what happens is, in other words, we will relentlessly, persistently battle a spirit of fear when we are not willing to die to ourselves. Hence, to the extent we will live in bondage or we will limit the Holy One in our life, the things He wants to do in our life from Fear. How many still with me? Say amen. Amen. So freedom from fear begins when we first, watch this, surrender ourselves completely to God's plan and purpose for our life. And what is that? That's the first step saying, Jesus, I need you. You are Lord. You are king. 
I believe you died on that cross. You receive it. You're taking the first step. That doesn't mean all fear leaves your life, but that is the first step. God's plan begins in purpose in your life. Every opportunity to fear is also an opportunity to trust God. Right? Yes, it, it sure is. is. Yes, it is. Um, <clears throat> I remember being in Ukraine and traveling with Peter Bell, the missionary, many, many times with many trips. And Pete was a little too reckless for me at times. And so there was a time back in the early 90s where everything collapsed. And it was times it was like, Pete, we need some food here, whatever. He goes, oh, we'll stop and get these sunflower seeds. Well, I call them the Dead Sea sunflower seeds because they look like black crow, but you pick it up, it was full of salt. So we all looked like marshmallows after we were eating the salt, and he's just eating, laughing, eating seeds, and spitting all the seeds. I said, Pete, we need some food here, you know? And, and, and he's like, okay, well, we got to take a flight, you know, they'll give us some food on this flight. Well, we had to fly, I think it was either from Kiev or maybe it was Odessa to Crimea at that time. And he said, it's, a, it's an hour flight, little job, but it's going to take us 10 hours if we drive in a little lot of Russian lot. And they're little matchbox cars. I mean, you know, the tires are this big. It's like horrible. I remember saying, Pete, when I went and got to the plane, I went, oh, dear God, no, my life's over. This is the worst plane I've ever seen in my life. The tires look like baloney skins. I could see the air through the tires. That's, that's how bad it was. I went. And, and I walked in and the seatbelts had, you know, like you have one, everyone knows they hold it up and they click. One of them would be on, there wouldn't be another. There'd be two that were the same that I'm like tying in. I'm like, it was the Indiana Jones double prop. Come on, somebody, will you crawl in the back? And Pete's in there laughing with some policies. I'm like, I was so afraid. I'm like, this is it. Is it? I'm, I'm going home. It's a martyr on this stupid plane. I'm going to die. It took off. It sputtered or whatever. We landed, made it fine, and preached the gospel, you know. And so, but he had no fear. He had no fear of that. I'm thinking, this is not good. This is not good. How many with me say amen? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> my point is, and, and what Hebrews 2 is saying is that <clears throat> if we're going to self preserve the life of no difficulty, just play, constantly feeding our fleshly appetite, self serving, comfort at all costs, it's gone awful quiet in this church. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> the Bible is saying that people live like that. Those people, they're subject to bondage. There's, there's a bondage. There's a chain that holds us back because we are unwilling to lay down some things. I know I'm speaking to some people here this morning. The Spirit of God is. I believe that. Because they refuse to, to die to themselves. Well, if I go on that trip, it's going to inconvenience me. You know, we're going to not sleep on, you know, I have my Comfort 360 pad that registers my certain, you know, I have, and my foot warmer, you know, I'm not going to have that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> my wife's smiling at me. We do have that bed. It actually, it's great. <laughs> Anyhow, but I feel it when I'm sleeping on the floor somewhere. And my back hurts. But you know, when you get up after a trip like that, you go, praise God. I don't regret that one bit. Amen. Suffer for Jesus. And when we talk about suffering, wow. It's really... So <laughs> I'm losing my spot here. <clears throat> See, here's the thing. When men don't fear God, they give themselves to evil. That's good. We, give them, we give ourselves over to evil. We fear more for our phobias and our flesh. 
And if all you have for your future is this present life now in the flesh, you should be afraid. Amen. You yeah. should be afraid if this is all you look for is the next thing that can feed your flesh. Now, once again, backtracking here, in the natural, the fear of death is real. It's real. Uh, and what has been alarming in, in some situations for me as a pastor, I've been around I, I, frequently death more than most people because you, you know, facilitate and, uh, the many the moving to heaven and, and that transition being a part of that at many bedsides and, and uh, of people, though, that are, are passing. And I, I've been there when it's happened and, 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 and in prayer and being there as a support for the family. And in some situations, um, uh, it, it, it's sad. You can hear in the hearts of the people that, that, that you know what, I could have done more for the Lord. You know, I, I wish I would have. I don't, I, I don't want to be that guy at the end. Come on, like, oh, oh, I wish I would have given more, you know, and I wish I, I would have served more. Come on now. You know, I, I wish I, I wish I, I don't want to be, I wish I would have when I die. Like Frida Lindsay, the, she was the uh, wife of Gordon, the late Gordon Lindsay of Christ of the Nations, where my wife and I went to theology training in Texas. And uh, after he died, she lived 30 years more. Faithful woman. Led the school. She could take up an offering. I mean, money. Rocks would give money to her. It was amazing how she could raise money. Dirt would give. They would just, gold would come out of the ground. I mean, it was amazing. She was a feisty woman. But when she died, her family was around her. And she was like 95 or 96 or something like that. And she was, she was a tough cookie. She reminded me of my grandmother. And she raised her hand and she said, I'm going home. Carry on. And she died. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's, you know, that would be nice to be able to go that way, amen? But she, there was no regrets in her life. No, come on. I mean, I know the Bible says that when we see him, he'll wipe away our tears. We're going to know that, you know what, in this life. And even me, I'm going to be judged harshly. I am. Uh, that's a fearful thing for me, a reverential. I want to be able to be known that the Lord said, I asked you to speak and you didn't. You were afraid of the people. I'm going to be judged harshly as a minister. Yes. And, and so I'm just like, Lord, True. let me speak the truth now. Amen. I'm not going to let the fear of man control my life. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. So, uh, but there, there's a natural. There's a natural. And we don't want to be that. I think of the scene uh, back in the movie, uh, 1993, I think it was Schindler's List. How many have ever seen that? Yeah. You go back and you see, uh, is it Liam Neeson? I think he was like in his 40s at the time, a young Liam I think he's 70 now, but he, he played uh, uh, Oscar Schindler, and he was a German industrialist. They say, literally, his company, over 1,200 Jews Amen. that from the Holocaust. He kept them working, and he got them off trains. And, and then Ben Kinsley played Ithkar Stein. He was the Jewish accountant. But the last scene where they're taking him away, and all the Jews surrounded him, it's riveting. It's a powerful scene. And he begins to say, I, I have a pin. It's a German pin. There's gold in this pin. I, I know this pin could have could save two lives. I know at least one, but it could have saved two. This car. Why did I give this? Why? why I, this car could have saved six six Jews, maybe. And, and Ben Kinsley is just trying to comfort him. Said, "You did what you could do. You did what you could do." But but just I thought about that. It's like I don't want to be that guy. I don't, you don't want to be that woman. Amen. And we want to we want to live for Christ now. And so you say, Pastor, that's upsetting me right now. That's good. Amen. I'm doing my job. The Spirit of God is doing the job. Why? Because it's waking us up to go, you know what? There is an eternal life 
that we'll live forever with the Lord. And what's down here on earth that's done is what's going to last forever up there. Okay? This is not a works. This is not a burden. This is not a heavy. What this is is a, a, a golden nugget. Here this morning for us all to say, you know what? For yeah. me and my house, I'm going to yes. serve the Lord. Yes, yes. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin. It's like I haven't begun. It seems like I wasted my life. Life's a waste. I'm on my 30s. I'm on my 40s. I'm on my 50s. I'm, my life's a waste. No, it's not. Begin right now. Amen. Begin right now. Amen. You can begin. Jesus Christ came into this world to deliver his people from every form of fear and bondage. And which by nature, the Bible says, we were held captive. He came to deliver us from the bondage of the law. Can you say amen? amen? From the bondage of sin, from the bondage of Satan. He also came to deliver us from the horrible bondage of the fear of death. Can you say amen? amen. The scripture says he has done that. He has done that. And through his incarnation, his sufferings, his death, he has delivered us who through fear of death, the Bible says, were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Hear me. Death, as fear provoking as it is, is no longer the king of terrors to God's people. We don't need to fear it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Oswell Chambers, uh, Lord willing, we'll get into next week some of these fears that uh, the enemy uses against us to bring us captive, to hold us back from fulfilling. And these things we want to face. We want to face these fears and not allow them. You know, some of you, you lost a lot of money because of fear. You allowed fear to grip your life and you've yeah. lost money. And, 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 and so that's not to, to beat you up. That's just to say, you know what? Begin again. Yep. Let's not allow fear. God still has things he wants to do in and through our life. If he had bowed here this morning. Oswald Chambers says the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And there are people today that are incapacitated with fear. It's not the majority of Americans, but it is, a, it is a huge segment. If this is true, this statistic of 335 million people in this country, that's 80 plus million people that are paralyzed. They are afraid of the future. They are fearful of what's going to happen in their life. That's not for us. That's not for you. We are not people that should walk and live in fear. With every head bowed this morning, you say, Pastor, I've operated in fear, and the greatest fear is I. You talk about eternity, and I do not have the assurance of that. I do not know that I'm right with God. I mean, I, I hope I am. And God forbid, I mean, if you were to pass today, you don't have that assurance for whatever reason. You can. The Bible says, I have written these things in 1 John that you may know you have eternal life. God wants you to know. I say, God wants you to know. And there's an assurance. There's an assurance that comes with salvation in your life. Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe it's something that you haven't, you know, gotten right with the Lord. You are a believer, but you're backslidden. You're living in sin, and you know it. You know it. That's who the Spirit of God is speaking to in this moment. You're here this morning, maybe watching online, you say, Pastor, that's me. I've allowed this Spirit to grip me. I don't want this. I want to be out from underneath this. You know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean. Say that again. The fear of the Lord is clean. There's something about when we reverential fear the Lord, it purges our heart and our mind. And we don't have this impending fear of judgment. We just know, you know what? 
At times I stumble, I fall, I get back up, but I know God is for me. I know I'm secure in his hand. I'm right with him. If you don't have that, there's this thing upon you. And really, you need to search your soul. In this moment, you need God. You need to, if you're, if you're a believer and you're backslid, you need to get into alignment here this morning. This is an alignment message. This is a message that locks us in step with the purpose of God for our life. If that's you, pray with me and say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I have transgressed your laws. Forgive me, Lord. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, be Lord over my life. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus.